ShareCare is the leading online health and wellness engagement platform, providing millions of consumers with a personal, results-oriented experience by connecting them to the most qualified health resources and programs they need to improve their health. It's time now for ShareCare Radio on RadioMD.com. Here's your host, Dr. Daria. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's Dr. Daria, and we are continuing with our special Thanksgiving episode. So I know most of us are probably either preparing Thanksgiving for family or preparing to eat it. I'm preparing it for family, and I spent a lot of time yesterday in the grocery store. I want my food to be healthy, but I also want all of us to have fun preparing it and eating it. So our next guest is going to help us with all of that. You've probably seen her on either Dr. Oz or PBS or Huffington Post Live. She also writes a weekly blog, What the Fork Are You Eating?, and hosts Stirring the Pot radio show and podcast. She's Stephanie Sachs. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, first of all, I have to ask you, what are you eating for Thanksgiving this year? <laughs> well, I'll eat what, you know, pretty much everyone else does in terms of tradition. So mm-hmm. uh, turkey, my mom will make the turkey. We do kind of a family affair of cooking. Mm-hmm. And my brother and his wife join and their kids and, and my husband, myself, our kids and my mom and dad. And everybody has a role. I'm usually in charge of all the sides. My mom does the turkey. Uh, my sister-in-law is sort of the appetizers, but we kind of leave her to the cheese because she <laughs> is like a cheese connoisseur, and she is the dessert diva, so she does dessert. Wow, the cheese connoisseur and the dessert diva. Those are two very... Yeah. She sounds like a very important person to have around. Absolutely. Kids love her, right? She yeah, does dessert okay. before she does dinner. Lo- so, you know, and by if by kids love her, you mean I think I would too. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh. that sounds delicious. It's going to be a fun year, I'm sure. Now, you have your book called What the Fork Are You Eating? Yeah. And your your blog as well by the similar same name. You know, what's, yeah. what does that mean? What's the key to your philosophy when it comes to health and nutrition? Well, I think in the end, it's like I say to all of my clients and students, um, I don't care what you eat, just choose your food from a place of knowledge. There are so many things that have gone awry with our food system, so many things that we don't know about the foods that we're consuming every day and we're buying into so much marketing. And so what I try to do is um, give people a, a tremendous amount of information, but extremely dialed down in a way that's digestible and actually quite fun and even mm-hmm. funny sometimes mm-hmm. to help them understand how to navigate food choice to support their health. And so the book basically opens up with the 10 things in your food are being done to your food that are just not cool. You know, everything really? from artificial flavors to to colors, to chemical preservatives, to GMOs, the antibiotic and hormone issue. Mm-hmm. And there are 10 different things. And then what I do is I show you how to avoid them, you know, why, what they are, why they're bad, the better few alternatives, because there mm-hmm. are always better options out there, especially this day and age. And I'm not an idealist. I'm a realist. So, you know, if you like to consume, you know, uh, let's say chocolate sandwich cookies, maybe the mainstream version that you're you know, accustomed to buying that is filled with artificial flavors, there's a better alternative Mm -hmm. for you to choose from. So, um, you know, I'm I'm basically imparting knowledge onto people so they can make better choices. That's useful because it is so complicated. It can be overwhelming when you look at, now I have to worry about artificial flavors and preservatives and all of that. What is going into my food? Are there kind of, are there any principles that somebody can stick to to make sure that they're having something that tends to be a little bit healthier if that's what they're aiming for? And granted, chocolate yeah, well, sandwiches aside. 
What I basically say is if you can stick to a whole foods diet, meaning whole mm-hmm. foods, fresh foods, foods from our earth, you know, 70 to 80% of the time, that's great. Anything packaged, always understand that the ingredients tell the story of your food. So the longer the ingredient list, the more processed the food is. And if you can't mm-hmm. pronounce something on the ingredient list, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And then if a food is boasting too much health, you know, we see all those banners on the boxes like natural, mm-hmm. heritage, you know, heart healthy, cardiac support, great for diabetes, anything that boasts too many of those claims, those are called health claims. Mm-hmm. It's a dead giveaway for phony food. Yeah, it's so true. There are so many claims on there now, and it seems to be a part of the branding. I saw something, it was apples the other day with big stickers that said gluten free apples. Well, Duh. all apples are gluten-free. <laughs> that, that's, that's just the way they're, you know, the, they're grown. They don't have wheat in them. And so I think it could be so distracting and even overwhelming for consumers because they see all these labels and they think, well, this one's not labeled as no, natural it's, it's or very Does that true. Mean I, do I need to avoid it? So you're saying that you break, you kind of break that down, 10 things do. to know what to do, kind of keep it simple. So yeah, can... and what I do is in the book, I actually um, have an entire section devoted to these labels where you can understand mm-hmm. what they mean, and then I offer my readers a directive, mm-hmm. okay? So, you know, what can you do with this information? Because the information is, is abundant, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. I think the important thing for people to understand is that our government does not do the most remarkable job of regulating our food. Mm-hmm. So we really have to police food ourselves. And we have to understand what's in our food and what we want to be feeding ourselves and our kids. And there's this wonderful app by Environmental Working Group, which you probably know of, called the Mm -hmm. Food Scores Database. And that gives you so much information on sustainability, production, and nutrition on thousands upon thousands upon thousands of food items. Mm -hmm. So you can actually download that app and scan in a barcode and get tons of information on the food that you're choosing. So it really gives you real-time decision-making capacity to do that. It really does. It really does. And there are Mm -hmm. a couple apps out there that are my go-tos, and I list them in the book. And, you know, the book is encyclopedic. It really is. And it's meant as a guide. It's not nightstand reading. And um, if someone can walk away with one or two things, maybe even more that they can do differently, they're making a difference in their health. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want people to understand. We don't have to tackle this like a fad diet. The, the, the slower you go, the faster you get there. And it's the small changes that end up making big differences. Right, you're right. And the more you try to tackle it like a fad diet that you're going to change everything 180 degrees tomorrow, the more likely you are to reverse and not make that trip. Make, not that, be absolutely. successful Absolutely. You want to set mm-hmm. yourself up for success, right? Yes, absolutely. And one of the ways, speaking of setting yourself up for success, one of the ways you advocate that is by saying cook at home because you have more control over what you're eating. You know, why does that lead to better eating habits? Well, I mean, I think in the end, knowing, you know, you know, I always use this analogy for people when I'm talking about food. Mm -hmm. No one's going to go invest 30 plus thousand, 20,000 in a car without knowing everything about it. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And we put a lot of time into determining what kind of car we're going to buy by doing mm-hmm. tons of research online, by going to test drive cars. We don't put a, a morsel of that thought into what we put in our body. And mm-hmm. that's pretty frightening because what we eat is truly a determinant of our health, as mm-hmm. we're starting to see with scientific studies. 
So in the end, what I want people to do is sort of take over control of their own feeding and the feeding of their children and understand what you're putting in your body. It's not realistic for a lot of people to cook all the time, but there are ways you can... There's so many strategies. You can devote, you know, two hours a day, one day a week. Yeah, so tell us some tips for that because we're all busy. And so what are some tips that we can simplify making meals at home? Okay, well, I'm going to use myself as an example. Granted, I'm a chef and I'm a nutritionist, but I've got two kids, seven and Mm ten years old. I travel all over for work. I'm traveling every week. I have a ten-year-old who plays travel hockey, so I'm (laughs) away a lot on the weekends, mm-hmm. and we manage to sit down at least three to four nights a week as a family and have a home-cooked meal. And mm-hmm. I do it very simply. I'll take like a two-hour window um, when I have time during the week, and I'll cook a few things. Maybe I'll make a lentil soup, or I'll make um, like a vegetable bean chili, or I'll make a pot of um, meatballs, um, things that last, things that mm-hmm. I can either freeze or that will hold in the refrigerator for three to four days. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is disperse that throughout the week. So then I'm just making a quick side, whether it's pasta or roasted broccoli to go with, let's say, the meatballs. Or mm-hmm. I'm throwing a salad together to go with the chili, and I use corn tortillas and maybe make some rice. Mm-hmm. And so it cuts my cooking time down when we are even going to have the meals to maybe about 15 to 20 minutes because I'm just yeah. reheating and making quick sides. Yeah, it's right. I feel like having an entree cooked already takes up so takes so much of the obstacles away from just preparing a home meal because you got to grab a side, maybe a vegetable, throw some drinks on the table, and you're good. Yeah, you are good, and I really think that people underestimate um, their own ability to put something together quickly because mm-hmm. we we think in this box. You know, I mean, my quickest meal for my kids, quite honestly, will be a rice and beans. And I won't Mm -hmm. soak my beans overnight. I won't cook my beans. I'll use, you know, boxed or canned beans. Mm -hmm. And I'll saute onions and garlic, throw the beans in, chop up some vegetables, toss it in with that, and then make a pot of rice and mix that together and, you know, slice up some avocado and make a salad. Mm -hmm. And there's a quick meal. I like that you would, there's two thing in, things in there. And I know you've talked before about kind of culinary corner cutting. And you yeah. use canned beans if you have, that's what you have time for. That's okay, is what you're saying. That is okay. You know, listen, I went to um, a, a very unique culinary school where we were making tofu and we were making almond milk and we were making seitan. And, and when I got out into the world, I had this idealistic view back in the 90s of what people could do. Mm-hmm. And as I started to work with people who are looking to manage illness and prevent illness, I realized that, you know, everyone had a different starting point, And I was never going to be successful doing what I did, which was teaching people how to eat healthfully through hands-on experiences with food, um, unless I learned how to meet people where they were at. Yeah. So all of a sudden, soaking the beans became canned beans. Mm-hmm. You know, rinsing your grains became, forget about rinsing the grains, because you find out what obstacles are for people. And there are so many of them. You know, mm-hmm. once a month, I te- uh, once a quarter, I'm sorry, I teach a class at the Natural Gourmet Institute for Health and Culinary Arts, which is where I went to culinary school in New York City. And it's called Nutritious Home Cooking Made Easy. And it's all about cutting these corners. Mm-hmm. And how can we bring health home? And that's what I'm looking to do. I love it. I love having meals that I can go from door to table in around 20 minutes. And it does rely on having some areas that you can say, I'm going to cut my corners here. 
Absolutely. And we all have to decide where we're going to cut our Mm -hmm. corners, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's different for everybody. Sometimes I will buy, you know, um, certain things that maybe are not my ideal brand, but my Mm -hmm. kids like it and, and it's quick and it's easy. And I can, let's say, heat up, you know, a chicken tender and then I can roast some broccoli and I can make some rice and, they have a very quick meal, and I know they'll eat that. Are there um, any hard you know, and fast rules that you don't cut? Um, yeah, my kids have to eat vegetables and fruits during the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a must. Um, you know, we're not skipping meals. Mm-hmm. Really uh, important. And, and the other thing, actually, hard and fast as a parent, is it's my job to provide my kids with a variety of healthy foods. It's their job to to decide what they're going to eat and what they're not going to eat. And mm-hmm. my younger son is very picky. So if I make something, he's like, I'm not eating. I said, well, oh, no. you're not eating dinner then, and <laughs> you're not going to have snacks afterwards. And he eventually eats. Uh-huh. That's such an interesting thing because as a parent myself, your child won't eat the certain items that you put in front of them. And we start to panic. You think, my child's going to starve. And I know my pediatrician friends have reminded me, your, your child will not starve. And Absolutely. you don't need to reach for the peanut butter and animal crackers because they won't eat XYZ that you put in front of them. It's so, so true. It's so true. I often joke and I'm like, oh my gosh, of course this child was born to me because he challenges me every single day. <laughs> There and, you, go. you know, the joke is, is that he would have jelly beans for breakfast if I let him. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a constant conversation and getting the kids involved in this edible conversation is critical. Get them enlisted in conversation about food. What do you like? What don't you like? Why? You know, have them go grocery shopping with you. Have them cook with you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so, so many things that you can do to get the kids involved, which makes this whole experience much more enjoyable for everybody. Right. And gets kind of two things done is, you know, it helps make it more fun for everybody. But you, you're saying that getting them involved also will take a child who's really super picky and may get them to expand their palate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have seen it firsthand with my son and with people that I've worked with over the years. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You get a kid cooking, they will eat things that they've never eaten before. Really? And is and, it by g- giving them a little leeway as well, or just the fact that they are invested in cooking it? I think it's both. I think, you know, I've, I've had to learn over the years, you know, cooking used to be cathartic, and mm-hmm. now it's um, chaotic because <laughs> I allow my kids to cook with me. And yeah. so I've had to find calm in the chaos. Um, mm-hmm. But I find that when my younger one cooks with me, um, like he makes this, he calls it Hunty's Hummus. When he makes hummus, Hunter eats it. Really? Yeah, when mommy makes it, mm, not so much. Maybe he'll eat it sometimes, maybe he won't. Mm-hmm. But when he makes it, he's always eating it. Fascinating. So just him being involved in it. So that's a great suggestion. My daughter is just at 22 months old. She's not necessarily old enough to help too much, but they can start early. <laughs> I had her. Oh my gosh, they can. Just if they're watching, she likes to be involved and she now eats red peppers because she would like it when I would chop them and make her laugh. And so now she enjoys eating red peppers just from standing there. So it does. Yeah, I see as soon as they can sit in a high chair, Mm -hmm. put food in front of them and let them start to touch it Mm -hmm. and play with it. That's what I did with my older son. And I mean, he, you know, he's been chopping with me since a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, supervised, of course, but yeah. now he's, uh, you know, 
he's running chopped competitions out of our kitchen with his friends. Nice. Your kitchen yeah. sounds like a fun place to be, even <laughs> if it's chaotic. Now, speaking of kitchens and families, you know, some talk about some favorite holiday meals for Thanksgiving. You'd mentioned some of the things you, you said you're in charge of sides. I know I was telling you earlier on your website, you have your shaved roasted Brussels sprouts with Herb Dijon, which look yeah. amazing. What are your favorite sides, especially around the holidays? Oh, gosh. Well, um, you is know, that like I asking like, you to choose this, amongst your children, probably? Yeah. I make like um, this crave sweet potato mash that I love, which is just sweet potatoes. And for someone who maybe can't tolerate sweet potatoes because they can sometimes be too sweet, as for me, you can mix them with white potatoes. And, you know, I'll just make it with olive oil, salt, pepper, and put some curry in there. And it is absolutely delicious and very light. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Brussels sprouts is, is a fave. Um, I do make a stuffing, um, with actually with gluten-free bread. Um, so that's always fun. And I do put quite a bit of butter in that and it's, you know, celery and rosemary and thyme and oregano and stuff my mom's turkey and then make a side of it. Um, you know, sometimes I'll even make Yeah. And you know, it's funny, I was, um, leafing through some of the recipes in my book and I'm like, Hmm, should I make the zucchini potato latkes? too because that would go really well <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. so yeah and skillet like skillet broccoli is always a good one people think of of um you know i always joke that you know when when parents come to me and say oh my kids don't like vegetables i'm like how do you feed the, the vegetables to your kids we steam everything I put mm-hmm. some flavor in it mm-hmm. so skillet okay. broccoli so, is a fave too, what is skillet broccoli just, tell me how we do that it's just garlic and olive oil in a pan. You toss the broccoli in and you let it brown a bit and you squeeze some lemon over it and salt it. And that's it. Hmm. That sounds delicious. Very simple. Yeah, it is. And it, that's what I, I love about this information is that it's very simple to incorporate. Okay. Then in our last question, your assist, uh, the dessert diva, what's your favorite dessert that she makes or your favorite holiday dessert that you make? Um... God, that's a good question. See, I am so not a dessert person, um, which is kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. But I I make, I will sometimes make these maple pecan cookies that I have in the book that are just sort of like these meltaways that are really delicious. I use a lot of like nut flowers that I'll grind myself. Um, Super simple. My sister-in-law tends to bring tons of chocolate. Yeah, well, so, I think most people won't argue with either of this, but the maple nut cookies sound very, very good. Stephanie, thank you so much. I hate that we have to stop this. This was fantastic. For all of our listeners, they can find more of your information at Stephanie Sachs, that's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E Sachs.com, or at Stephanie Sachs. This is Dr. Daria. Follow me at Dr. Daria or follow us at ShareCare, Inc. Remember, you can download anything you missed at ShareCare.com backslash RadioMD because there's not enough time in the day for you not to have the energy and to feel great. So it's within reach for all of us. Thanks for listening. I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving and stay well.